Good morning. I'm Bill Smith. I'm one of the members of the teaching team here at New Hope Chapel. Today we're celebrating the second Sunday in Advent and we're going to talk about peace. Advent, which turns into adventure. My oldest daughter Sarah when she was in college, she got to go on an adventure. It was a camping adventure. It was about personal growth and self-discovery. And one of the key rules of this camping expedition was to leave no trace. Wherever they went camping, when they left, whatever they brought, they had to take with them. Leave no trace. That's always stuck with me over the years, to leave no trace. Not because I'm into camping. Beth and I have never been accused of camping. Well, we have gone camping where the campsite says Marriott. Uh, we'll camp there because, um, well, someone comes and cleans up your campsite while you're out for the day, and when you come back, they'll even bring food to the campsite. We can even leave a trace there, and they'll clean it up for us. But we're not big-time campers. But even when we come home from any trip, before we get out of the car, Beth always has this rule. She says, don't go in empty-handed, which means whatever you brought in the car, you have to take out of the car. That's why to this day, her car looks like the day we bought it. My car, on the other hand, looks like somebody has been leaving stuff in there. I'm not sure who it is, but if I find out, they're going to have to pay. There was one person who came and camped out here about 33 years, and he did not follow the rule of leave no trace. He left a big trace, more than a trace. As many of you know, I, in my work, I coach people, I mentor, I, I teach, I counsel, I provide therapy. And one of the things I've learned over the years is we're all looking for the same things. In addition to looking for being loved, we also are all looking for peace. Peace can be defined as quietness, tranquility, calmness, repose, pacification, order, harmony, and reconciliation. The opposite of peace are things like disturbance or agitation, disorder, irritation, strife, chaos, or conflict. There are also two forms of peace, the external peace and the internal peace. External peace, of course, relates to the surrounding situation and can extend from our personal situation where everything in our surroundings are at peace in our community and in the world at large. My wife has taught me that cleaning things up and putting everything away can create an external peace that can have some impact on my internal peace. Of course, getting organized doesn't solve everything and it doesn't create a lasting peace, but it does help. Having things in order is a virtue that is described in Scripture. I know for myself, I completely lose my peace when I can't find a tool that I need when I'm in the middle of a project, I know it's in the garage somewhere. I've seen it a hundred times, but just when I need it, I can't find it. So we can have some control or impact over our external peace or external surroundings, but there are some things over which we have little or no control. 
COVID-19 has put a price tag on peace. Losing some of our freedoms for some of us has caused us to lose some of our peace. And then with the economy going bad, some of us have lost our peace related to that. And of course, then there's the election that some people have lost their peace over that. This last year has been like a storm. We recall from Scripture Jesus calming a storm in Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. The disciples were unable to remain at peace in the storm, and they wake Jesus up, and Jesus rebukes the storm, and then he rebukes his disciples. Of course, Jesus himself was not bothered by the storm. He would have slept right through it. And yet another time in Acts 27, we read about another storm in which Paul is being transported as a prisoner, and the ship he was in was being battered, and eventually the stern broke to pieces. At one point, some of the sailors attempted to escape from the ship, but Paul tells them, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. In order to be saved, they had to stay in the boat, in the storm. Sometimes there are important things happening in this storm. And we have to stay in this storm in order to learn them. Of course, there's always a calm before the storm. And there's always a calm after the storm. But can there be calm during the storm? Peace. Peace is a fundamental theme all throughout Scripture. Jesus is prophesied in Isaiah 9-6, and he's given the title Prince of Peace. His arrival is announced by the angels to the shepherds in Luke 2, and they say, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when Jesus returns from the dead, in Luke 24, he greets his disciples saying, Peace be with you. And yet in Matthew 10.34, we read Jesus saying, Do not think I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And that verse kind of seems strange, out of context. All this talk about peace, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, peace be to you. And then Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Is he declaring war? We have to look at the details. We have to dig deeper. He specifically says, I didn't come to bring peace to the earth. He's saying, I come to bring a sword to the earth. It's all in the details. So what does Jesus mean by a sword? Well, we read in Hebrews 4, verse 12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints 
and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And then in John 14, 27, we read, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So let's put two and two together here. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to leave peace. He's left a trace of himself. He violated the camping rules. He's saying, I'm not going to give you this peace that the world tries to give you, this external peace, which doesn't last. I want you to have my own peace, the same peace I had when I was sound asleep in the back of the boat during the storm. I want you to experience that peace. I think there's a second reason why Jesus makes this announcement that he didn't come to bring peace. I think he did that for the sake of the Jewish leaders. For they were looking for a king messiah who would come and establish external peace who would be followed by a priest messiah. And Jesus was making it clear, I'm not the king messiah yet. That's what they were looking for. The Jews were, and still are, waiting for a messiah who will bring peace, world peace, that's talked about here in Isaiah 2, where it says, Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, nor shall they learn war anymore. We are also waiting for our King Messiah. Our priest Messiah has already been here. And he made the sacrifice to cleanse us from our sins. That's what the priest does. The priest conducts the sacrifice. Jesus was the only priest who used himself as the sacrifice. Jesus was talking about an inner peace, a peace that would be so deep and so profound it would be beyond our comprehension. It would be beyond our ability to even analyze it. This peace is described in Philippians 4, verse 7. It's here that we read, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're wondering, well, how do I get this peace? Well, we just need to read the previous verse where it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This idea of being thankful in everything takes us back to what Steve taught us about two weeks ago. Not just to be thankful for what we have, but to be thankful in our situation, knowing God works all things to the good for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose, as we read in Romans 8, verse 28. Look, I don't 
mean to make this idea of acquiring the peace of Jesus to sound trivial or easy to do. I know that what sometimes interferes with our experiencing his peace are memories. Memories of a life filled with confusion, betrayal, shame, guilt, pain, hurt, loneliness. Memories are powerful, but they're only memories. While time can heal some wounds, time rarely heals emotional wounds. If you wanted to test that, and I would discourage you from doing so, but to test it, you would simply bring up a memory, recall a memory from your past that was painful, and you will rather quickly experience the same emotions you experienced then, and it could be 25 years ago. And it's as though it's happening now. It's those memories that can interfere with our ability to experience the peace that Jesus has left us. If you have painful memories that are keeping you from experiencing his peace, I would like to encourage you to present those memories to God and petition him for healing, like we're told to in Philippians 4.6. Petition him for understanding, for a new perception of what happened. Listen, whatever happened to you, my friend, my beloved, whatever happened to you, Jesus was right there with you when it happened. And he hurt with you. And he grieved with you. But I'm also here to tell you that Jesus is here with you right now. And he stands ready and willing and able to heal you of those memories when you are ready to let him do so. And then ask him how and why you can be thankful for those experiences. You see, thanksgiving and peace are linked together. Jesus didn't come to bring peace. He came to leave peace, his own peace that passes understanding. We are told in Isaiah that God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in him. Setting our minds, it's our choice, it's our decision, it's our will. Keeping our minds, our thoughts in a state of trust and meditation, of thankfulness for our situation. That's what we can do. You see, there's a quid pro quo here. If we do this, keep our minds on God, then God will keep our minds in peace, and not just any peace, but a perfect peace. It's a peace that passes understanding. It can't be analyzed. It can't be understood. It can only be experienced because it comes from God, not from us. The word that Jesus used in John 14, 27, the word in the Greek for peace is irene. Looking deeper into this word, 
we see that irene comes from a verb, iro, which means to join or to set at one again. When Jesus says, my peace I leave with you or I give to you, he's saying, I am joining you to myself and therefore joining us with the Father. He is setting us at one again with the Father. When Jesus died, the veil that was in the temple that separated man from God, that veil was torn in two from top to bottom. His blood had to be let out in order for us to be let in. And in order to do that, he first had to come as a baby. And there have been many babies over the years who have been born with a title, but none so great as this baby who was born with many titles. If he had a birth certificate, they would have had to put an attachment to it to include all of his titles. Some of them included Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Word of God, Messiah, Savior, Light of the World, Son of God, Alpha and Omega, the Way, the Truth, the Light, Anointed One, Bread of Life, Breath of Life, Cornerstone, Deliverer, Defender, Glory of Israel, Commander of the Lord's Army, Light to the Gentiles, Holy One of God, Lion of the tribe of Judah, Lord Almighty, Master, Majesty, Mighty One, Righteous One, Redeemer, Rock of Israel, King of the Jews, End of glory, End of heaven, End of Israel, End of the ages, End of the earth, End of the nations, And of all other kings that ever have been or ever will be. His name is above all names, and his royal title, Prince of Peace. We have a poem hanging in our home that I love. It's by Anita Robertson. And she says, when God wants something done in this world, he doesn't dispatch a legion of avenging angels, nor does he call forth a whirlwind or ignite the fuse of volcanic fireworks. There's no commandeering of troops into battle, nor discharging zealous crusaders to holy causes. He does not orchestrate the burst and boom of thunder, nor display his fiery arrows majesty across the sky to bring his purpose to pass. When God wants something done great in this world, he sends a baby. And then he waits. So, we, like God, can also wait. We have already received our Messiah priests. Now we wait for our Messiah King. And while we wait, we can set our minds on this helpless baby who came to be with us, and we can receive his peace while we wait. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you 
for placing your powerful, protective, and awesome peace in my life. I ask that your peace would rise up like a giant ocean wave and splash down over my entire being. Lord, I do not want to let my emotions get the best of me every day. And right now, I declare that your peace would rule in my heart and my mind and my body and my emotions. My mind is filled with praise because your peace stands at the entrance of my heart and mind and it dominates my mind and controls my entire life. I am thankful that I don't even need to understand your peace because your peace passes all understanding. I simply acknowledge, receive, and accept that your peace is mine because you left it to me. Cause me to recognize those moments when unhelpful emotions try to sneak up on me. I ask you to teach me how to put those emotions aside and release your supernatural peace that is resonant already in my heart. Teach me how your peace that I already have can transform me by renewing my mind and ridding me of any and all lies that I have been believing about you and about myself right now. I choose to let your peace rise and conquer me. I declare that I am guarded and protected by your powerful peace, not the peace the world tries to give me, but by the peace of Jesus. Jesus said that he has given his peace to me so that his peace is always ready at every moment to moderate every thought and emotion that tries to pass into my life. I declare that your peace dominates my life. With your peace standing at the gate of my heart and mind, I know that it will disable the devil's ability to attract and attack my emotions, and I will not allow his lies and accusations to slip into my mind. Thank you for loving me enough to put your powerful peace in my life. I am unaffected by the circumstances around me, for your peace stands as a guard for my heart and mind. No fretting, panic, worry, anxiety, nervousness, or fear is allowed to enter me. I will remain free and calm and peaceful, even in difficult situations, because greater is He who is in me than He who is in the world. And I pray this now in the name that is above every name, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you, beloved.